Hello everyone and welcome to the Daily Banter's Meaning of Life podcast, we're on episode 12. This is Ben Cohen, I'm here with Vasken Kasakian. And today we're going to be talking about office politics because as anybody who works in an office or has worked in an office knows office politics are horrible and they suck and it can really uh, be kind of pretty emotionally um, and physically draining. Um, I don't actually work in an office with other people for that reason precisely. Uh, but Vasquez, you do, so you're probably more familiar with it than I am, although I have had experience working in offices. Um, but yeah, so I think where we were going to discuss this was to firstly talk about why do people find it so stressful, and then um, perhaps try and figure out maybe some strategies to cope with it, um, or in my, my advice is to do a runner as quickly as possible. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't listen to me. Every, if you want career advice, I'm not the person. Um, anyway, so what are your thoughts on that, Vasquez? What do you think yeah. is one of the reasons why office politics can be so stressful? I think, um, I mean, it's kind of hard. <clears throat> I, I guess we have to talk a little bit about <clears throat> not take too much of an off-ramp, but um, I, don't, I think you, to set some context, we have to think about, I feel that there's a general uh, climate of fear and insecurity on the part of, the worker, mm. um, your, your labor. I mean, there's, it, it can feel pretty, you can feel pretty displaceable. Mm. And so I, I feel that that, and if you don't feel that way, there's, um, you know, you might be, you might be part of, you know, you might be the exception. I would say in, in general, I feel that there's a, um, increasingly for a whole number of reasons that we're, we're driven to a point now where people feel ever so, um, uncertain and their position is, is riskier than ever. I think that's that's really interesting because um, that's one of the yeah it's like an existential crisis. You're in a kind of perpetual existential crisis where it's, right. you don't realize you're completely replaceable. Yeah, you're like a cog in a wheel that can be taken out, and unless you're, you know, and you kind of see this all the way up the corporate ladder. Really, you see it at every position, um, people find themselves to be vulnerable and um, feeling like they they are easily replaceable. Yeah, I have seen that quite a lot, even with high-ranking, um, uh, you know, see even CEOs, that there is this sort of understanding that they are essentially replaceable. Like they could, everything could be taken away from them at, at any moment. And sometimes the higher you get up the ladder, the worse it, you know, the more is at stake. I agree. I think everybody's insecure from from the top <clears throat> down. Mm. Um, there is sometimes a tendency, you know, for um, the the crap to flow down you know there's always like if you want to be cynical about it they say you know money flows up crap flows down <laughs> um but i think i agree with you i think fundamentally that everybody feels um whatever stage you are you're, you're always worried about defending what you have you jump a tier you pull you want to pull the ladder up because you want to protect what you have and others are who didn't perhaps get what you got are you know, there there could be low level Machiavellian scheming to sabotage to jealousies to any number of things. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's like, a, you know, it, I I think the term office politics is apt because it's exactly that. I mean, politics to to some degree hasn't changed at the essence of it since you know, Roman pre Roman mm. times. The essence of 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 maintaining power and and uh, keeping power. And similarly, I think that there's an element of uh, competition. There's an element of of maintaining 
dominance, um, appearing strong, appearing, you know, all the things that, you know, they draw on are kind of, I, I hate, probably the, the, you know, less evolved aspects of our mind, mind and being in terms of territory, fear, protect, you know, those things, like the instinctual primal um, emotions. And so I think that it's a, I think that it, it can it can get quite the reason I feel that it can it can become so uh, affecting mm. is because it, it it I think whether you're on the delivering end or the receiving end and sometimes your role changes depending on you know the the situation you're in it it, it feels very primal and and can feel real like in fact when they do like when I say can feel real it's as if your actual security is threatened, even though your security is not threatened in a physical way. But you, you, mm. you maintain, you carry the stress of it as if it does. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it, <clears throat> so the whole kind of, um, I think it's made worse by our, our particular form of capitalism, our particular form of, like, selfish economics, um, that, you know, there's so much pressure now in um, companies to sort of succeed and increase profits all the time. That this pressure then obviously flows down, you know. Right. Well, it flows up and down. Everyone's responsible, you know. Everyone, everyone is kind of has their neck on the line, yeah. and I think that that kind of, that kind of encourages um, bad behaviour within in certain structures. If you could structure it a different way, I mean, if you look at like you know maybe like cooperatives where there's more of a feeling where you know everybody has, is an owner of a company or of this company, and they're all sort of in it together. Yeah. There's a bit you're likely to find more camaraderie. I think there's many studies that show like work is like satisfaction is much higher in cooperatives because they feel like they're kind of in it together. Yeah, and I mean I I personally think that way. I think that the the greatest motivator is not fear, it's not panic. It's it's if you want people to if you want the sustainable loyalty and people giving more of themselves and connecting if you want to untap what's truly powerful in human beings you got to use not fear like you'll only get so far in fear like fear can make somebody jump jump up and kind of at that instant and do what you need them to do but if you want them to actually build something the longer if you want them to demonstrate the type of loyalty that you would expect or want mm. in return then you have to have I, I feel like um, other cultures do this better. I feel like in Japan... Um, well, there are a lot of suicides culture. in Japan. There are a lot, but... So it's maybe not the best. No, then. not in that regard. Well, they, I think overall, there's a lot of societal pressures to produce, and there's there's a kind of psychological value wrapped up in, you know, in that mm. kind of... But I'll say the thing that I do like about it is that there is more, I'm not going to say it's a, it's a utopia, but there's more of a sense, and America was this way once too, which is that there is more of a sense of, uh, of, of there's, a, there's a, a, an obligation of mm. those in the higher rank to protect and um, take care of those beneath them. So, mm. so to not view those beneath them as displaceable commodities, but... Mm but rather people that you're, you're, you're looking out for mm. um, and that you're, there's an obligation to, to, for their security and success that you're, you're looking out for. Now, yeah, obviously if people aren't producing or people are toxic or not producing, then you, know, you have to make the call and, and boot them. But I feel that um, we're kind of you know, the other extreme of that where, where it's, you're completely displaceable and people 
you know, they, they leave families to, you know, to get jobs in new cities. And I mean, that happens all across the world, but, but I feel that we definitely aspire to a, not a virtuous, you know, it's, it's more of a vice here than a virtue is kind of our, our system of like every, the, the labor as the absolute liquid commodity, you know? Mm. Yeah. And, it, and it's it, now, I think that the way that kind of labor laws work in, in the United States and, um, it's pretty frightening, really. It's it's pretty scary that there's no protection. Most people just have no job protection at all. You yeah. know, uh, they can be dumped on two weeks' notice, and that feeling must be. I mean, there there are other extremes. I know. I, I yeah. know. You know, there are some places. I, I remember talking to someone in Belgium, um, who was saying that basically, like, they can't get rid of people. You can't get rid of anyone. Yeah. You know, there'll be someone who's been there for 30 years and they basically don't do any work at all. And, uh, you know, they're taking a pension, they're doing, they, you know, they're having a sit in front of a death rate hours, clock in, clock out, but not actually working at all or doing anything. Right. No responsibility. And they can, it's, impo- it's virtually impossible to fire people. Um, <clears throat> that's obviously another extreme, which right. is not, not good. Um, but, you know the other one that we that, that we seem to have in America and the same in, in Britain actually is is uh, you know it, they call it like a flexible flexible labour force. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a term coined by economists. They call it like yeah flexible labour, which are, which means basically you've got no protection. Right. Right. Flexible labour means no protection. It means it works in the interests of capital, works in the interests of the boss. Right. You know, or the owners, um, <clears throat> and they can yeah they can whip they can scare the living crap out of you and by saying, threatening to fire you. Um, and that, obviously, yeah, I mean, that, that must be, that filters down into the office environment where everyone, if everyone's scared for their job, that's right. then that's going to manifest in bad behaviour, you know, by by thinking, you know, screw my other employees, like, I'm trying to get my, I'm trying to get paid, I'm trying to make sure that I don't get fired. Right. You know, you throw somebody else under the bus, there'll be, like, no loyalty, Every, everyone for themselves. Right. You know, yeah, um, and that's that is it's sort of reflected in 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 the culture. It's reflected that's in right. yep. the individualization of of the economy. Yeah, you know where everything's about the individual. You know, right. you were small, like sales. I worked in sales, and sales was brutal. You know, that was rough. Um, working in sales, you got to hit numbers. You're working with other salespeople who who, you know, they're trying to. You're all trying to go after the same people, you know, or like there would be kind of back and forth with the other salespeople where they would like if you if they thought you were trying to step on their territory they'd get really pissed did, off did you ever see uh, Glengarry Glen Ross great film yeah great film. <laughs> I think of that when great you're saying all, everything yeah. you're talking about right 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 you know it's a dog eat dog world <laughs> yeah. and, and and like they you know that quite that, that I don't think you can underestimate this the, yeah. the psychological toll that has on, on you um, you also see it I've seen it everywhere I've seen it in non-profits I've seen it I've got friends who work in non-profits and it's just it's just as bad. Everyone's like, you know, I've got a friend who works in a non profit and uh he's telling me so he thinks it's more ruthless than than the for profit world. Oh, why is it? Um because the currency is different. The current the currency is, is um it's a lot of pretend people pretending to be do gooders but not. <laughs> so it's interesting, yeah, because there's a maybe it comes down to at least in a for profit you could potentially put some metric of value that somebody mm. brings in to the bottom line, but it's very potentially intangible. 
when you're working in government or you're working nonprofit or yeah and and yeah. and the sort of the ways that people get ahead are different you know it true it, there's a whole different kind of system by you know defining people and, and separating them and whatnot um <clears throat> so so that was i thought that was kind of interesting to hear that i have no i've not worked in a non-profit but but um i have worked in obviously yeah i mean i've worked in the for-profit world um and it is yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty ruthless i i found it to be i left i mean i just wasn't up for it, <laughs> you know yeah so maybe my advice on these things is not so good because i i and the office politics could be i i think it really was down to a lot of that it was down to sort of it was power struggles you know yes there were you just see all these different power struggles and um cliques forming and and favorites and whatnot and that can be yeah, it's like being in school again. Oh man, it's I would say even worse. It's 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 a like it's just basically the jungle. You're reverting back to and your mind is responding to your situation as if you are you know in like a tribal environment. Mm. You know, your your simian mind is like okay, switched on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think that's why it's a low level of of stress and power games and and all that. And I think okay, so let's say you're I mean, if you're stuck in it, so is oh, so, so this is the like high level context like mm. why we're why we're where we're at. Um, mm. We obviously need something better, but no individuals can't. I mean, you know, in the short term, that's not going to happen. But mm. acknowledging that, yeah, that system's not good, but mm. but we can't for the moment, like individually in the short term, not changing it. You have to survive it. I think a good survival guide is like going back to kind of your your point of power struggles is to the degree possible one needs patron champion mentor whatever the word is but someone to look out for you in that environment because mm. the worst case is is being the masterless samurai and that's 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 very uncertain risky um and you know easy easy to be called we'll say mm. if you yeah. have no if you have no alliances exactly in in your workplace and specifically yeah. people who are higher level um can can be champions of of you and the work that you do. I think to the degree that that one doesn't have that because I've I've worked in jobs where I've had great champions and I've had w- jobs where I've had, you know, people who you know left kind of out there mm. and and so I I feel that life is made much easier by ha- having and cultivating relationships and looking for people that can be champions and putting intention to do that even if it's not a part of your actual you know making time mm. beyond the things you have to get done to actually build those relationships, whether it's within your own kind of team or another team. Um, I think that that's, that's critical and key, but, um, cause, I think, cause you, cause yeah. you see that, I mean, you see a lot of people surveys, people who enjoy their jobs is when they have a good boss, you know, when they have someone yeah, who, who really yeah. like looks out for them is, is in yeah. chat. Yeah. Champions their work. Um, but if you don't have that, and that, but that's coming, you know. I don't know, but it's sort of maybe anecdotally, I feel that that's becoming less. Sort of people, it doesn't seem to be that kind of culture anymore of like, you know, a great boss. So it used to be built into the culture, um, mm. because, well, those things we were talking about, there used to be a sense of obligation, and there mm. was a sense of honor. Actually, I would use that word honor. Mm. Like there was a sense of honor that you have to protect those mm. and that's why you, the, the idea of a manager is, is not that you're getting rewarded because you're so smart 
the idea of a manager is that you're getting paid because you unfortunately have to take all the crap for those below you. And, and mm. then you have to, and I don't think that most people see it that way. I think the really good managers see it that way. They see it as, okay, I'm the person who's on the front lines with my army, not the person, you know, in the back or in a desk conducting kind of operations from afar. But I'm not necessarily with you as in, in the sense of I'm expected to do as you do, but that I'm, you know, taking the fire just as just as my workers are or perhaps i'm mm. supposed to take the fire for my workers yeah i mean that's that's that, that that's what a, a boss a good boss should be willing to sacrifice themselves first right. you know like yes. a good leader you know like it, yeah. it's it's um you know i don't want to obviously no no names being involved but i i was recently talking to um somebody i i know who ran a company sold sold their company and um then um, he was regarded as a great boss, a great leader, um, <clears throat> and went off to do something else. I talked to this person about what's happened to the company now that they've sold it, and the person who was put in charge, who you know, um, has essentially kept their, you know, they've kept the revenues up, but they've done it by firing like almost like a half the staff because without, you know, they they not as creative, not as intelligent, not as thoughtful as, as my, my friend, but, but um, in, ra- rather than trying to build something new, build and build out the company, what they've done instead is fire people to ensure that they make their bonus. Yeah, yeah. I uh, mean, you see that a lot. You see that a lot of people who essentially are... are there's a choice and that choice made is exactly the one you're talking about, which is mm. that instead of thinking of how can I grow the business while maintaining adequate, same salaries, benefits, mm. so forth, how can I essentially protect my own status and, 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 um, and succeed, but really let everything else die on the vine and mm. leave, leave it fallow and kind of have, have it's, it's, I mean, from a, it's abysmal. That's that's abysmal. Like that's those, oh, those I like, mean, I've I've seen. I mean, my my family. You know, my um, <laughs> my dad ran a huge company, and uh, you know, as far as I, I can tell, my dad's you know, it's a very good boss. But the cult, it was he, he didn't start the company. He was a professional CEO. But but um, I saw the culture there. And I talked to him about like how it, things work, and I was just horrified by like, well, you know how, what would happen to sort of people who weren't performing, or like, you know, the difference in pay between the corporate level and the bottom level, and and everyone sort of knew it. Like I had friends who worked there too who were not at the you know in the at the sort of corporate level, high level corporate managers and whatnot. And you can see the sort of corrosive effect of having such huge disparity in sure, pay sure. between people within the company. And yeah. also the kind of, you get these little kind of fiefdoms, you know, the, 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 you, you have these sort of different bosses that own, are run different parts of the company and they have their own little cultures and their own little cliques and people with their favourites and whatnot. And it was, I mean, it was a sort of, I mean, I could, I would shoot myself if I had to work that. I'd little, I would shoot myself because it was. I could not fathom the level. 
your brain would be working overtime to try to manage all the different political issues going on, you know, like it, it was it, that that in itself would have been. I just would have found it too stressful to do something like that in a large. I think and probably the bigger the organisation, um, the more confusing it probably gets when yeah. it comes to politically trying to figure out what's going on. Right. You know, and then who rises to the top of these organisations? Are they the best people for the job or are they just, you know, the ones who are most ruthless? Most ruthless? Right. And I've seen a lot of evidence that would say that the people who rise to the top aren't necessarily the smartest, all the most creative, all the best. Oh, no, I mean, you could, like, point to actual studies that show higher rates of, um, you know, sociopathy in executive... The higher you get. You know, in CEO world and... and higher than above normal to the rest of the population. Mm. So, you know, so, so yeah, it's, it, it, there's, you know, you can look at it one or two ways. Are those folks attracted to those kind of leadership roles or is it that, you know, they're the ones who make it by, you know, kind of not having qualms about, you know, leaving relationships in tatters and the things they might have to do. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows, who knows what the, what the, what the truth is of why that's happening. But, but, you know, I'd say that that's, there's evidence to back up what you're saying. Um, I think that also power is is often an arbitrary thing as you know the great Stanford experiment or is that I believe it was a Stanford experiment where they arbitrarily split up to you know the students into camps of oh, prisoner and, yeah, 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 yeah. and then you know immediately like so power is in some sense is arbitrary always like there's mm. just it's it's <clears throat> a you know we you'll never have a true i think um you know absolute uh meritocracy or, or society based on like valuing exactly is this the best for I mean ideally yeah you have you have a value like you have a society that rewards those who are truly you know doing better but um, yeah all that stuff can get very masked when you know it's like power and emotions and kind of um, you know just projections of influence and power and and, and, and especially when you feel um, insecure you're, you're less mm. likely to speak up you're less likely to point out injustices to your colleagues you're less mm. likely to etc cetera, etc cetera. so so i think that all this kind of it becomes a, a a kind of soup where you have like a or like a you know the context for which you you, you, you can make a choice of like are you going to be the person who unfortunately if you're kind of the the nail that kind of starts you know, rabble rousing, you're going to get thrown out. You're going to mm. be, you know, hammered down. The nail that sticks up is going to get hammered down. So I think that there's a, um, I mean, I feel like that you can't change that context. It's a, it's a, it's an unfortunate one. And I think that we particularly are getting, it's getting worse the degree to which workers don't have the protections or the backstop from, you know, absolute and utter exploitation. Mm. Um, and some places are better, at least willfully, but those are voluntary things, right? Like those co- companies that have a culture of, you know, generous parental leave, um, flexible work hours, all those things um, allowing for um, some work-life balance, all those things, like those are all volition. They're all mm. like voluntary. And you could argue like, oh, in a free market, those companies, you know, can attract that type of labor, but it just doesn't, it's, it's, doesn't work like we're seeing that it doesn't work like that in fact there's that there's a couple organizations that do that Mm. most places will not and and they won't they will opt not to so so that becomes a race to the bottom of how can we squeeze more water out of that sponge yeah and and just be done with it and get a new one kind of i mean it's it's kind of reflected in that if you look at the kind of financial system that we um 
um, you know, like a quarterly profit system, right? So you have like all these corporations have to report their profits every quarter, right? Every every three months, um, and that puts immense pressure on you know productivity. You have to produce all the time because right. you've got to show numbers to your investors and to the you know the owners have to show number to the investors and. Um, <clears throat> so the C, whoever the CEO is is under tremendous pressure to kind of make the numbers look good every single quarter Right. so it's like a lot of short term thinking and the short term thinking is like I mean a lot of the stuff that you see in co- corporate culture is, is just it's such short termism right you know it's reflected by also like what do investors want investors want 10 times their money in a few years they want right. they want an exit strategy right they put money in they want to get out right Right in in yeah. in a certain amount of time, having made ten times their month, ten times their investment. Right, that's kind of the culture. This you know, venture capital firms. That's what they want. I went to try and raise money for my website um, a couple of years ago. That's what I just kept hearing. It was like, oh, we want ten times. You know, what can you do? What's unique about your company that's going to get us ten times our investment? Mm. I thought, you know what, fuck off. Like <laughs> I've got something that's like that's a unique and original. Right, and I, you know, and I'm not, I, I'm not, you know, I'll make your profit, but don't get greedy, you know, don't, don't, don't get greedy. Ten times your, ten times your investment, no. Yeah, I think that's right. I think, I think we've had like a, a, if there is one theme that's been the last, you know, couple decades is greed, right? I think that that's, it's, it's, look, every year, our lives get harder. Are we get you know our quality of life diminishes in terms of purchasing power? Mm. All of the, all the good cost of goods is rising. Living cost mm. is rising, but somebody is is benefiting, right? And oh, it's yeah. not it's not most people. It's not most people. So, yeah. So I mean, it's very clear what's happened over the last twenty thirty years. I, I don't mm. think there's any mystery there. Um, I think the conf- the confusion we have is like, well, how the hell do we actually rein it in and start, you know, having a manageable, you know, giving enough to earn a living and not giving in our entire lives because that was the whole point of the labor movement at its inception was that look we're mm. we're we want everybody every human being and i i don't believe it fundamentally depends on what you like how you feel about human beings like you know one perspective is oh well if you don't force people at the tail end of a whip to work then you know they're just going to sit around all day, right? yeah like i believe actually that people there's an innate human spirit that wants to create and have purpose and i think that that's inalienable and i feel like Mm. even if some people will choose not to Mm. i'd rather have a society where we tap that as opposed Mm. to kind of have everybody at the tail end of a cudgel you know like being Mm. kind of um, forced into and i think there there might be some sort of positive i view things like the uberization of the economy right which which i think is not perfect at all by any means, right? One of the problems with, you know, everyone keeps talking about this, the uberization of the, of the economy, um, whereby um, people can be, you know, like Airbnb, or you, you could rent out your apartment, right. yeah. and then you could, you know, become an Uber driver and work whenever you want, and make money whenever you want. Um, one of the problems is obviously there's no um, protection, right? right? It's not like if you don't work, you don't get paid. Which is, I think, you know, that's a problem. Right. But one of the positive things I I I seen, I see, 
with this is is the ownership of one's work, right? Or the sense of ownership of one's work. So, like, if you drive an Uber, and if you drive, if you become an Uber driver, the fact that it's your car and that you work when you want to work, um, is I think a very important sort of step in in the kind of evolution of our society and economy right and that it's recognizing that 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 people what look it, yeah it works in the benefit of uber but it also works in the benefit of of work of people who are not who can't necessarily cope with office politics yeah. you need to have a way of making a living without you know having to deal with non- nonsense you know they want to work when they want to work I don't really see what's wrong. I, I've never understood what's wrong with that. Like, why can't people choose their own hours when they want to work that right. fits to their own natural rhythms of, like... It's true. I think they it's like the, to work, you know? Yeah, I, I think, um, to, to your point of Uber, and then I want to make a comment about kind of working when you want to work or, or choosing those hours that are more suitable. Um, yeah, I think I, I agree with you. I, I see that there's a great positive there. Um there is like I don't I also don't want to live in a society where like that we're all forced because of just like everything becoming more expensive that like now we have our free time that has to kind of we all have to run errands on this side just <laughs> so we can avoid healthcare like I don't want to live in that kind of world but I do like the fact that there is options available so that you know unused assets are when people want them to make them money are able to do so that's awesome yeah. I think that's a great idea yeah. It's good environmentally, it's good for, you know, helping people have more economic freedom. I think it's it's a overall a net social positive. Um I think for for working why you know, why why not being able to I think some places that are really um enlightened have mm. that, mm. but I think on the whole they don't and I think it's just a legacy of an industrialized mechanized process where mm. you know, 8 hours a day, well let's take it turn of the century what was it i don't know probably double that when mm. you, there wasn't you know any labor protections mm. basically until you collapsed i don't know but like mm. you know time meant literal products you know right, 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 and right. now i think it's a vestige I, I don't think it i feel like it's a, in in knowledge work it makes no sense because mm. ha- forcing someone to have their face fastened to a screen arbitrarily for 8 hours a day is, is complete nonsense it's 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 actually the silliest most inefficient way you could get knowledge work done mm. you know if, course, if, if yeah. you if if you created a system where it's like I don't care if I see you at your desk, you know, but like there's these schedules and metrics, like I guarantee you we could all do our work in four hours a day and then mm-hmm. take four hours for yoga and tai chi and you know fitness and mm. take you know I'm just saying that maybe Sweden's onto something here with a six hour work day. Oh yeah, you know? like, yeah, no, absolutely. Maybe we don't have to be there, you know, at work for 10, eight time. to 10 hours a day. Like, I mean, it's, it's like my, my, my website. I've sort of found that, that, um, with my writers, I just find that we used to have schedule and like articles need to be in at this point and everything needs to be scheduled like at a certain time. But the fact is you're not necessarily going to get the best articles that way. You don't necessarily going to get there's, like... Yeah, there's no mechanized... Especially, I mean, you work in, in creative process. Like, there's no... As you well know, there's no, like, a... There's no clock to the creative process. Yeah, it just like, happens when it happens. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what, to me, I'll get up one morning and I'll start writing and I just can't do anything. Right. I'm like, I'm, I don't know what... I'm just... There's nothing coming out, you know? Yeah. There's literally... I can't think of anything to say. Right. You know, so then I have to go, all right, well, like, don't start freaking out. Go and take a walk or go go to the gym or... You know, drive down to work in a. You know, I mean, we're in a co-working space. 
this is where we're doing the podcast from a co-working space, but this is where I come when I can't work from home, when I just sit at home going, I can't do anything, I don't know what I'm doing. So I come here, it allows me to sort of through my, my mind a little bit. It's good mentally to come down here. Right. Um, but yeah, so, but that's, there's no nothing conventional about that. I would not be able to just come in every day at nine o'clock, clock in at nine o'clock in the morning and stay here for eight hours. Yeah. You know? I'll, it's it's a sad facade that's like the appearance of productivity when, you know, you if you granted people to the option of like just freedom to be more efficient, people would be more efficient. But right now what we have is a forced inefficiency. For, yeah, you know? it's, it is forced inefficiency and it, and it comes down from, it's probably, you know, um, 19th century. Oh, yeah, for you know? sure. Yeah, it comes from, from a, yep. yeah, a, a society based on Absolutely. production of mechanical of goods or yeah, physical exactly, goods. You exactly. Know? And if you make physical goods, then yeah, if if you have a store and someone's got to open up like the yeah, store, yeah, everything's got to be done yeah, on time. Nine a.m. You got to be there, like whatever. But. For, for sure, for sure. But I mean, I guess um, you know, will be some strategy. I, I would say that if you are working in a place that you find intolerable, that the office politics is getting you down, and and and. It might be time to think about, you know, you, you, obviously there are strategies for survival, to survive in office politics, and and um, uh, those strategies can be. I mean, I can't remember how how would I deal with it. I, I would, yeah, like one you're getting an ally, getting creating yeah. allies. Uh, it's one way of doing it. Um, I mean, but I would also say that that um, you really do have to think long and hard about whether this is something that you can put up with long term. You know, can you put up with these office politics? Can I think you... that's a great point. I, I mean, I, can, I have a few thoughts I can share about like what, what can you do if you have to be in the situation you're in, but I mm-hmm. think that that's an absolute great point of like, sometimes you can build a tolerance. You know, you know they say people can literally get used to torture. Like mm-hmm. when people, like people who are, their studies of torture, like at some point, you become used to the oh yeah the the you know torture being inflicted and similarly like you could you could just resign yourself to an incredible amount of stress and um, toxicity that may 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 have a good likelihood to make you sick at some point like mm. physically sick oh yeah um, and, and this is very real it's very oh, yeah, real it's, like yeah yeah being sick from so, stress work stress is very real especially for men I mean it's like it's basically heart attacks middle aged men like that's kind of the you know, work related often. So it's like, mm. um, so yeah, I think that, I think that there is like, like being my keenly aware of and mindful of like what it's doing and how much you can tolerate. And if there's a life option, you know, a different life option you have to craft then absolutely. Or if there's a, perhaps a less toxic or less, you know, nutty place you can go to, to, to seek refuge there. But I, I think that that's a, a great one point of like, asking yourself a tough question of like okay what's what can i tolerate now if you mm-hmm. have to tolerate it or or you know all mo- the vast majority of people who you know work in, in in these types of environments have to think about okay well how do what what are some p- potential strategies or, or coping mechanisms i'd say find finding allies is always critical and if nothing else depending on the level of issues and, and kind of how much this is rampant in a particular workplace is just to find human beings you can relate to mm. that are, does a world of um, of good of just being able to just seek friend, friendships and just build actual relationships at work I think is 
is very helpful too. It's just, to, if nothing else, to remind yourself that you're human and not just like a, you know, kind of a, like a peon who's expendable, basically. You know, like the, the, and to view as much as you can your coworkers in kind as, as human beings, even if they're the ones dishing out, you know, the, you might, you know, the abuse to, to, to try to actually get beyond the arbitrary power structures that are imposed on you. Because mm. I think that, I think retaining your mind and soul. Mm. So here's the thing, like power is corrosive to the mind and soul. Like, mm. like being on the receiving end of it, being on the you know, dealing it. It's, it's a bad, it, it puts everyone in a worse position. So like being, seeing beyond that, I think at least you can not let it touch you mm. know, the core of who you are and get let it get to you. Cause but you, I think, yeah, and you also have to, to realize that the, whatever culture you're in, whatever work culture you're in, we've discussed this before, um, not as it relates to work, but as it relates to sort of to education structures and um, institutions themselves, right? That that essentially like it's not reality. The, the, right. the, the world that you live in, it's just one reality. It's just one set of sure. rules yeah. that have kind of more that have evolved in that particular place, in that particular workplace. So all the politics and the person you hate and the secretary who's always giving you evil looks, or like <laughs> the, the boss who hate, yeah. you know, you can't stand and yeah. all this kind of stuff. This, this is not, that's just one reality that you're ha- you happen to be in at that moment, right? It, you get another job, it all goes away, right? That, right. that whole structure um, disintegrates, right? right? So... Even just knowing that, even just understanding that what you're experiencing is not, it's not, it's not the be all and end all of life. Right. Right. So I mean, look, you know, I always, for me, remember, I'm always uh, keeping back my mind that, like, at the end of the day, I could just go and live in a forest in a tribe. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Y- you can get extreme about these things. Sure. You, know? you can get really extreme about these things. You yeah. Say so, like at the end of the day, say if I, I would move abroad, if I couldn't move abroad, I would like go and live in a forest, and I'd be that would be better than this shit. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just remember that you always have an option. Yes. You always have an option. Yeah. Don't, amen. If yeah. you're telling yourself That's that you true. don't have an option, I think you're in a world of trouble. It's true, right? When you can't do something, you say, "I've got no options. This, this, I have to do." No. No, that's when the power is wielded over you. I mean, in fact, like, yeah. Yeah. Everybody wants you to think that that's the case, but it's not the case. Oh no! Listen, you can pick your shit up and fucking leave um, whenever you want, and you should never make any any apologies for that. You should never ever apologize for taking yourself out of a bad situation or a situation that's that's causing you physical damage like right. mental psychological and physical damage right. you, you always you know I would say to everyone is like you can just leave I've done this before I've been in jobs yeah. and I'm like this I, no this but, is but wisely though right you've had some kind of like, yeah, like that means that you weren't yeah I mean look, step one is not be dependent right right right, right. I mean you, you know look there, there, there is there are always ways but look, even if it's just telling yourself that, yeah. you know, that that like you always have an option, it can help you sort of deal with. Because look, you know, I I'm not saying that my life is all, you know, roses and sunshine and, and absolute freedom. I'm beholden to, you know, I I, I hold some readers. I I have, um, you know, my staff. I have uh, also, you know, run a martial arts club. Like I have to be there. I have to show up. 
Um, I have to be keep constantly thinking and innovating when I'm doing that kind of stuff. There are all the things that I obviously have to do, but um, one thing I would say is that I've always given myself that you know you can you can pack things up right. whenever you want to do that. If it's not for, if it's if you're actively hurting yourself, if you're finding yourself miserable. There's no point in being miserable. Find a way. Find something else. Do something else. Look for jobs. Yeah, I think to like to that point, like of 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 like having options. I feel like the necessary response. If the society is not granting you security, um, you know, like we we may that if if you're not getting that kind of sense of 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 security, then the necessary response to that becomes um, being flexible enough. To have options where you can you can build your own security. Yes, yes, and 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 that's one of the things I would always advise is 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 to start build you know other skills that you can develop. Other, just always make sure you think for that you have options. Right. You know, like. So like yeah, even even in work, like if okay, so let's say you're stuck in a situation, you don't have a champion, you don't have an ally, you don't have. You're you're very you're in a very risky position. Mm. The thing that you're working on could be irrelevant a month from now, a year from now. Mm. Competitors or maybe technological advances or something kind of washes away that market, and the thing that you're, you're you've spent five years um, working on suddenly is now obsolete. And so and that happens. It happens all the time. So it's like the the necessary response to that kind of world is to have multiple different. You know, just diversifying the portfolio of expertise. There's two philosophies on this, right? There's the which 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 could build me more security, either being a generalist and being flexible, or getting deep into one niche. I would argue, I think that there is, if you can time it, you can absolutely gain big rewards from getting and becoming an expert in the one thing it, that yeah. not many people are. But I would also say that there's some degree of risk to that as well. Yeah. And that 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 you know, come the winds change, you know, and are are not in your favor anymore. Then you may find yourself. Um, you can always transition to something else, but mm. uh, but I I feel personally, I think that it's wiser to be flexible to have multiple, as you said, multiple skill sets, multiple projects, mm. um, have multiple champions. If you're dealing in a in a workplace with with kind of office politics gone rampant. Um, and, and just to, so that if any one of these, you know, the winds of fortune are, are drift in a certain direction, you're not, you're not exposed, you're not vulnerable. Mm. Yeah, no, you know, and then it, it just gives you that, it also, psychologically, it gives you that sense that you can, you're doing something to take control of your I think that's life. right. I think, I think, I mean, the feeling of confidence is just simply the feeling of having options. I think in life, when you when, when when you're confident about something, it's because you are, you you understand that the universe has options. You nothing is hitched to any outcome. Mm. And when you don't have that, you feel necessarily insecure because so much depends on the thing that whether it happens or not. You know, you're you're hitching your your kind of mental well being to, mm. and that's not it. That's not that's not a good state. No, it's not a good state at all, you know, and I think that, that that's that's why people start to invest their energy into politics, into office politics, right, when you feel frustrated about stuff. I think what a lot of the times people feel helpless and, and um, that they can't do anything about their own situation, 
they start to try to exert <laughs> control over the over what they can. Yeah. You know, and that is usually the political situation that they find themselves in in their office, which you spend most of your work, waking life is in an office. You know, so you, you like the human mind is powerful. You know, it's powerful. So if it's misdir- if it's not used in the right way, it can be used for all sorts of silly nonsense. Yeah. I don't know, getting upset, getting obsessed with. I mean, one of the worst things I see are people who become obsessed with um, um, gossip, right? Oh, yeah. It's gossip stuff. So you'll see in, in offices, like, you know, gossip is a way of kind of wielding power over other people. Interesting. You okay. know, um, and they become, it's like becomes very toxic the way that they sort of, you know, there's constantly built, you know, constantly shifting alliances and making friends and, you know, talking behind people's backs and, you know what I mean? Like th- th- this is the sign of a of a of a of a of a mind that is not. <laughs> it's being yes. it's almost wasted, right, on petty politics. Very true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as a broader point, you can talk about um, people who are interested in like what kind of TV stuff do you watch? Do you watch gossip stuff, or do you watch like things that challenge you, like intellectually challenge you, sure. like really creative, right? Yeah. It's like. You what? I, I don't know. F- for me, I'm always. If you spend a lot of time watching, kind of shitty reality television, it might be time to start having a think about that. Like, why is it that you invest so much of your intelligence into, um, kind of analysing the dynamics of relationships between people who you don't know <laughs> and have never met and never will meet? Uh-huh. You know, like everyone's got an opinion on like LeBron James's family or wife or whatever or like everyone's got an opinion on Kim who's Kim Kardashian or I don't even know I don't follow that so I really don't know with her. are they is she still with Kanye? Uh, Kanye yeah yeah as far as I know yeah or like Khloe Kardashian's new boyfriend or whatever like whatever it is everyone has an opinion about this kind of stuff yeah right and if you have an opinion about this kind of thing you need to really think carefully. Like, why do you have an opinion about someone who you don't know, who you've, all you've seen is on a two on a two D screen? Uh, that's highly, highly selectively edited by someone who has whose basic aim is to sell you products in between these selected highlights. Right? It's to sell you uh-huh. cans of coke and makeup, right? The, if the, these things are like occupying your mind, is yeah, you know, and you're if you're finding that I think the, you know the two go hand in hand, right? If you're kind of miserable at work, and you watch a lot of gossip television stuff, right? Perhaps there's a link. Yeah, but what's the link? Like, well, the link is like what you in, what you invest your time thinking about. Are I see you, what you're saying. Are you investing your time thinking about politics? I right? see. Yeah. The politics of your office, the politics yeah. of like what you're watching on television. Yeah. Coming about, it, it, it's it's there's no end to it, right? There's yeah. no end to this. It's almost like mental masturbation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where there is that energy could be spent. Go and get a hobby. You know what I mean? Do a hobby right. rather than getting involved in all the gossip and whatnot. Um, go and start something. Go and start doing yoga or whatever it is. You know, try not talking shit about your employee. It's true. I mean, I, I, I think employees. that in life, the it, I think that yeah. I mean, if we could like kind of like have a 
two quick, simple rules of like, how do you build happiness or a satisfactory life or sat or not satisfactory, but a life that is satisfying mm. is create something mm. and don't be tribal. Like those two rules will get you, will take you pretty far as far as being a, a, uh, yeah. a, a yeah, yeah. High, high, higher level human being than most people. Yeah. Because, because like, su- suddenly a lot of the polit- political stuff will just seem kind of pointless. Because like the opposite, like take its inversion. Mm. Like, so create something, don't be tribal. What is the internet at its worst? It's like people who are like tribal and like not creating anything and just like passively. Mm. Oh yeah, like criticizing, I mean, criticizing everything. everything else. Everything. I mean, look, in I, camps, like yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, and this this happens to me sometimes as well. Like, I, I find myself getting if I'm not exercising or looking after myself properly, and then I'll start getting irritated by what someone said on Facebook. You think why well, I don't? Why do I? It's just some dude's opinion or some chick's opinion. I don't care. Yeah. Not really. I mean, I, it kind of annoys me sometimes, but it, it, at the end of the day, it makes no difference. Why am I, I take these things personally? And that's a sign of me. I know that's when, when I start getting frustrated by these things, that's when I know that I need to start taking care of myself better. You know, I need to go out and create something or go running or go... Right. You know, do something, do a workout or whatever. Because after you've done a workout, like I do a workout, I don't care about anything afterwards. Right. Yeah, I really don't care. Like you could tell me, you could call me an asshole, you could you could insult me, you could really be mean, and I would just wouldn't really care that much. I would just think, oh, that sucks for you that you feel that way. You know, I would would not take it personally. But if I'm not, I would take it personally. That's so interesting. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Is it like um, almost like? the canvas is set or, or how should I say it? It's like, you're, you're just ready to like, you're, you're if you feel good, whatever yeah. happens, you're going to feel good. Yeah. And the reverse of that is if you feel ill, everything is just going to compound. S- yeah. Yeah. Feel it a lot makes, worse. Makes it worse. You know, so yeah. going back to the source and, and trying to, yeah. trying to set your, and it takes constant management to do that. Right. You know, by just giving yourself, you know, literally start a hobby, go and start something, I don't know, whatever it is, develop a skill, start doing archery, yeah, start doing... one that's not Netflix, basically. One that's not Netflix, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, and, and definitely not reality television. Yeah. Because that's worse, because then you'll start getting, find yourself irritated by someone on a reality TV show. I've seen this happen before, people are like, I can't believe he said this to this thing, and what an arsehole, and I hate this guy, and you're like, yo, this is just a dude on TV, you know? You don't know what this person's like. You don't know the real story behind it, but you've invested yourself in, you know, yeah. in the life of of a celebrity, which is that's that's fair. I mean, I, I it's funny. I, I viewed it much more lightly. Like I, I don't watch it, so um, like I, I don't. But you know, like I I don't know. Do do you don't do you think there's a healthy level of like escapism one can have though of like, I mean, because we all have it, right? Like whether yeah, it's sure. like with boxing. I know you follow professional fighting a lot. Like, yeah. Like there is a drama element, and I love I love the drama yeah, of that yeah. stuff. You know, like the so, drama. So like, what's a like, healthy level of escapism? Like yeah. I, I I'm like a ver- aver- like I love comic books, and it's it's at the pure at the end, it's it's nonsense, right? It's like I know they're very simple stories, but like there's a whole world of yeah like, politics and Ex- exactly. So it's like it's like what's a healthy amount of es- escapism, and then what's like yeah. unhealthy? Which is, oh, listen, like, clearly like clearly some of it's fun. You know, yeah. and some of it's part of what it means to be a human it's like following a good p- political drama like you know Game of Thrones or whatever right, it is or right. following these type of things and but once you start getting 
invested in it and it's distorting your own happiness right you know what I mean that you take these things too seriously then or it becomes consumes your whole life could, could you would you say Facebook could become like is essentially a reality show in a way oh like, yeah I mean there are some people I am friends with on Facebook and that's what they do they they live on Facebook and they're constantly as a reality show almost. as a reality yeah, show as if like, they were on a reality yeah, show yeah and they write they'll yeah, yeah engage in these feuds on Facebook and, yeah. and then they'll say this person said this to me on Facebook and it's it's really crazy I've literally I've got and I have uh, several friends who do this on Facebook they'll write you know they'll they'll write about the feuds they're having on Facebook and they'll engage in more feuds mm-hmm. and it's like this whole sort of drama playing itself out on uh-huh. on social media <laughs> yeah. a, I knew this um, there's a case of these um, people on Twitter that did that uh, I think, uh-huh. yeah, like, I can't remember what it was. It was a story I read about two people kind of got together. They got, I think they became, got in a relationship on Twitter, never met, but they got in a relationship on Twitter. And then, then their relationship, like, broke up, but then people, like, divided into the different camps between who was with one person on Twitter and who was with the other person on Twitter. Right. And they started engaging in this, like, really nasty, spiteful... Uh, I just thought, what the fuck is this? Is crazy? This is madness that you can have an entire, you can live out an entire drama online. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, it's the sign of a of a of a mind that that is that is um, dangerously obs- uh, occupied with meaningless stuff. You know. So as we talk about, I mean, like you now, I'm trying to think of like now that the the relationship between the two of of how much of how much of it is a reflection of this broader society, uh, this kind of inclination of like, you know, this uh, ruminations about power status and status in general? You know, what, what, I mean, like, I think a lot of it may, might be this. It's kind of deliberate, almost that that we're sort of culturally conditioned to to be gossipy, right? Right, because it's kind of a distraction from yeah. like real matters, real issues, like you know, politics, like what's going on with. You know, gun control in the Senate, or what's, you know, what I mean? what's going on with the environment, what's going on. What, what but are it's we... interesting because it's like a it's a cultural thing that I think exists in most cultures. Like I'm, th- I, I mean, I'm trying to think of like, yeah, I think like gossip culture is like it, it's it's global. Like it's, it's, maybe it's not global. in like kind of the indigenous, you know, like at the indigenous communities, but but definitely like in an industrialized any industrialized slash mm. post industrialized world. Gossip is, is huge. It's 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 big. It's I big. mean, but that's what you know. The, the, the celebrities is the whole concept of a celebrity is essentially yeah. gossip gone global, right? You know, on a national. On a well, national that's in a way like actually where their wealth comes from. Like, yeah, you if you're an actor or you yeah. can create that's something. The, that's but, the currency. But, that yeah, they're exactly. Trading. Like you can make you literally make money off the gossip. And then, mm. like Kim Kardashian said, I'll cut out the actual creative part of that out, and I'll just make money off the gossip. Like, right. whereas other people, like performers, they have like. Their artistic stuff, then they also have the gossip, which earns money too. Like, there's now people who just they've cut. They off, thrive yeah, off the gossip. Just the gossip. Yeah, and then you look at the athletes who are successful as well. Like a lot of in fighting, in particular, like a lot of boxers and MMA fighters, they create gossip by acting up, and acting crazy, because mm-hmm. they know that people are going to start gossiping about it, and right. it creates, you know, like Floyd Mayweather was the master of that. He made people hate him and gossip about him. He's the king of like people gossiping about him he's very very good at it 
and he created this whole persona that everyone hated, but they paid to watch him fight. Right. And he made hundreds of millions of dollars off of it. You know? It's not, not a great way to make money, but, but if that's what you want to do, you know? Um, so I do think it's kind of, it is part of like perhaps the human condition, particularly in, in, our, in the media age. Um, so I think if you get too deeply involved in this stuff, um, it might be, it is a, I think it is a sign of, of, of a kind of malaise that, that a psychological malaise that, that probably leaks over into your personal life. Right. You know what I mean? So I think that there's, there are most certainly parallels and, and I would, you know, just think about the fact that, where did I read this the other day? That essentially you are the universe experiencing itself through you. Right, mm-hmm. or the or the universe is experiencing itself through you, right? You are made from stars, you are made from the, the same substance as stars, right? Uh, you are a part of a much, much, much bigger drama, right? <laughs> you know, a right. cosmic drama, yeah. Um, that's infinitely more interesting than yeah. who Khloe Kardashian is dating, right? You know, um, or that whether your boss is like, you know, does he favouring someone? Is your boss? picking sides in a squabble you've had with your co-worker. Right. Just remember that the universe is experiencing itself through you. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it's the ultimate reality show. It's, it's the ultimate reality <laughs> show. Right, 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 right. That you're, reality we're, we're, is the yeah, ultimate reality show. I think show. Joe Rogan was always saying that, you know, just always remember that you are basically a naked mon- a monkey on a, fl- on, on a spaceship flying through space. You know, mm-hmm. on, right. on, a, on a piece of rock. No, on a piece of rock f- flying through space. Right. That's what you, that's all you are, right? So think about that before you <laughs> start bickering with your coworker, right? You know, um, puts these things into perspective. I think. Um, well, anyway, I think uh, I think we we've covered a good, good amount of ground there, um, and yeah, again, I'm not sure I'm the right person for career advice on these types of things. You know, for office politics, because I generally always say go and do something else. But yeah, hopefully, maybe we you know you you've provided a bit more. Yeah, I think it could be summed <laughs> up to do something, don't be tribal. Do something, don't be tribal. Don't, don't let them get in your head. All right, okay, until next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.